When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's time for the Diamond in the Rough podcast with your hosts, Dan Collins. Yeah, we just hope he's not flipping fries at McDonald's. That's always the default of what you Dan, call Dan, did you just say doing. flipping fries? And Sam Ostrowski. Fries are not flipped, my friend. You can flip them in Dumping the them. box in which they're served. Sure you can. <laughs> yes, you have a, a weird way of throwing your fries into your box. You like to flip them one by one. <laughs> Diamond in the Rough, episode 16, coming at you one more time. Weather is beautiful. Baseball is in motion. We're in the middle of things. Prospects are being called up. We're having fun. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Like you said, weather's changing around. We are staying consistent with the shows. Baseball is almost two months complete. We're a month and a half into the season. Skyping, don't necessarily like that, but doing a show, that is what I like. Uh, absolutely, I agree with you. But you know what's really fun is that we're in the thick of things now. Everything at baseball, this is where we find out who's actually good, who's bad. We see what prospects really matter, You know who's going to make an impact in the playoffs, who's not even going to make the playoffs, what trades are going to happen at the deadline. So for me, this is a really exciting time of the year. As soon as you hit June 1st, you know you're in the thick of things. The time of year where, and we've mentioned this before, you start noticing, and you just said this already, you start noticing who's who, who is, who's true to form and who is just kind of joking and fooling you in the very beginning. And one thing that I have noticed, scary enough, and it seems like this is just an ongoing issue with Major League Baseball and professional sports these days, the one thing that I'm not too happy with, and I'm not necessarily in good spirits when watching it, in uh, any type of highlight reel or what have you, is the amount of injuries that still continue uh, to what it, at least seems, and I have no stat in front of me or anything like that, but not necessarily, I won't use the word rising, even though it seems like perhaps they are, but it's just consistent is of course what it is, and maybe it just seems more consistent nowadays because there's so much coverage on who's hurt, why they're hurt, how is this all going to be affecting the team but man when there's some good guys up and you've already mentioned we have a lot of guys getting promoted through the minor league system part of that reason stems back to these injuries and it's a little bit unfortunate i will say about the beautiful game of baseball well you know early on in the first couple months is when gms managers owners you name it are taking the most precautions so someone might get put on the 10-day dl even though they realistically could have fight fought through it but it's that time of the year so i wouldn't worry too much about any minor injuries right now uh but we'll see what happens in the future it's baseball it's a long season people get hurt it is what it is but dan without further ado i want to get into some stuff some well i'll tell you what why don't we start with this we have a fan question dan just one it's been about two or three weeks since we've had that two episode. or three weeks but guess what one person came through it's mr lopez and i'm gonna read his email quote hey guys you just call one of our fans mr yeah, I like to give them the correct title. When he emailed us, because I, I 
haven't checked these emails in a long time, did he sound as if he was of a, an old age or something, that he deserves the mister in front of his name? Look, I think you don't need to be old to get the mister in front of your name. I think you just need to be proper with the fans that deserve it. You know why? Because he's the one fan that emailed us in about three weeks, so he deserves a mister. Okay, that's fine. Mr. Lopez, thank you. <laughs> All right, so Mr. Lopez, he says, and I quote, Hey, guys, how do you guys pick your diamond in the rough? Wouldn't you just pick the top prospect as the diamond in the rough? Just curious is all. Love your show. Thanks. End quote. So, Dan, do you want to – you want that's, that's the person that loves the show. That's that is, the one guy. That's the one guy. Well, you want to – we can both kind of chime in on this. Dan, I'll let you go. Okay, so if I'm hearing this out correctly, why don't you just make the number one prospect – the diamond in the rough is that what mr lopez is essentially yeah you know why why do you why wouldn't you you... we don't do that well that would be it seems like mr lopez is a big fan of at least that segment that would be the can't miss prospect really typically that's the default can't miss guy is the number one guy in the system uh the diamond in the rough a little more the route i like to go with it is not maybe even necessarily the route i should go i think you go a little better way i go with somebody who can not only become a big, a, a really valuable asset to a team, but somebody who's also interesting, somebody who might not be on your radar for certain reasons, somebody maybe playing overseas, somebody who was out of baseball for a little bit, uh, but when they were drafted was highly touted, and now they're back even though things didn't necessarily work out. So basically for me, the diamond in the rough is always somebody who has at least a little bit of potential to be valuable enough in a, on a major league ball club. And there's also a mix of fun facts, something interesting. We had a diamond in the rough who was from Australia down under not too long ago. And it's somebody who they're not necessarily a can't miss. For all you know, maybe they do get a call up to the big leagues and they fizzle out. But for the most part, there's somebody interesting and somebody who you don't necessarily have your eye on, but maybe you should. Not necessarily you should, just maybe you should have your eye on one of these, on one of the picks that we so far, uh, end up choosing. That's at least the way I go about it. I think you stick a little less with the fun facts and just go with mostly, hey, if you do some digging, this is somebody you'll find on your club, in your minor league system, and it's probably somebody you should be eyeing, keeping a close eye on, which is very similar to what I just explained, but I think you still go a little different route. Similar. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right on it. Similar. This is what I like about it so much. It's actually a good question because everyone kind of has their own definition with what a diamond in the rough is, especially in baseball because there's so many levels. There's hundreds upon hundreds of athletes and you know, triple A, single A, double A, rookie ball, whatever they're in. Uh, so it makes it more interesting to find a diamond in the rough uh, for baseball because of, like you said, how many how many people there are, how many athletes there are. But, yeah, that's kind of how – I mean, you said it pretty well. But first thing I think of when I think of a diamond in the rough is a late-round pick. That's the first thing that instantly comes to my mind. Okay, here's this 25th-round pick, you know, out of Cincinnati – and he had a great college career, kind of really didn't get noticed. He was overshadowed by, you know, the big names, and that's kind of why he fell. Or he fell because he had a shoulder injury or whatever it might be. So that's the first thing I think of. But there's really more to it. And to go with what Mr. Lopez says here, you know, why can't a, 
a, a number one guy be a, a you know a diamond in the rough. I think they can if the circumstances were right. Let me explain though. If, I'd agree. I already know where you're coming at. I agree with you. Yeah, if, if well, it's like ahead. a... So you can explain it to the listeners, absolutely. Yeah, a first or second round pick uh, came out and say maybe, you know, or let's say they were drafted first round and they opted to go to college instead. And, you know, maybe their college career didn't go as planned and they became a later round pick. Uh, you know, that's one way it could go about. Or if they are a first, second round pick and they decide to, you know, go in the farm system right away and they really don't do well, and eventually their name keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. They're five, six years into their major league career. Maybe they're still 22, 23 years old, but then they finally find it. They finally find that stride they had been looking for. So I think that's a way, you know, one of the early pick or a big name can eventually fall off to make himself a diamond in the rough eventually. But that, of course, is a a rare case. So that's kind of my definition of it. There's any which way you can go with it, which is, again, why I love it so much. So I hope we answered your question, Mr. Lopez. But come up with your own ideas of what you think it, what you think a diamond in the rough should be. But that's just Dan and I's perspective. Well, I think just to end it on this note as well, I think it also what, – what also plays a factor is how you define diamond. What exactly is a diamond? Right. And I reference it as somebody who is just valuable to a major league club, which can be seen many different ways. For some people, maybe a diamond is an MVP all-star caliber player. So I think that's something that also goes along with it is how are we defining what a diamond is? And for me, it's just simply somebody who has decent enough value. Maybe your war is a game or two. I don't know, but it's something like that. Somebody who maybe you really don't think is going to have a shot or deserves a chance, but if they do get a chance, they'll help your team win a game or so. Exactly. A lot of different ways to look at it. Hope we answered your question to at least par. We'll give ourselves par on that one. Uh, but But let's move forward. Something we actually previewed last episode, if you're a consistent listener and listen to episode 15. At the end, we ran out of time and we wanted to talk a little bit about the MLB draft. Before we get into this, we'll just go ahead and say we're going to have a lot of MLB draft coverage. This is just the beginning. We just want to scratch the surface right now and kind of keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper as we come closer to the draft, which actually really isn't that far away. So the future episodes, expect a lot a lot of talk about college and high school players and overseas players and whatnot. So, but Without further ado, there was two guys we ended last episode with, and we decided who were the Minnesota Twins going to take with their first overall pick, because it's going to be one of two people. We know that. It's going to be Hunter Green or Brendan McKay. Now, Dan, if I remember correctly, you said the Twins are going to take Hunter Green. Baseball players and money in a trade. Who knows? Even though that's not what's going to happen, but hey, it's always a possibility out there, right? Always a possibility. But you had Hunter Green. I said Brendan McKay. It's finally time to explain to the listeners why you think the Twins will pick him or or actually, okay, yeah, why you think they're going to pick him and if it's the right move. Well, I'm a dumbass because last episode, I want to say that I said Minnesota was going to go Hunter Green. It took me a while, too long, to come up with that answer. And then I said I don't think that should be the choice. And that's why right. I'm a dumbass because it absolutely should be the choice Another dumbass thing I said on the podcast was, did I call, and you set me up for this one, did I, before we get into this draft thing, 
Did I call Cody Bellinger's stance unorthodox? Yes, you did. It's not. Well, it's, no, it somewhat is. I mean, he stands straight up. Not everyone stands that, you know, erect. Great. (laughs) 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 Moving on. We're not even going to continue. You know what? Whatever I said, screw it. It's on tape. (laughs) Hunter Green. This is somebody who, without a doubt, should be the number one pick in this year's MLB draft. I don't see how you choose otherwise. And here's the thing. I understand it. I just spoke about injuries no more than 10 minutes ago. This kid consistently can throw upper 90s to triple digits. How long does that last? Give it a couple years or two, does the velocity trickle down a little bit? Is that necessarily a good thing? How long do these guys last? What's the durability? Can you really build around them? This, this, and that. But, Sam, I'm going to tell you this. If you're a general manager or you're working in a front office position where your job is scouting or trying to come up with a reasonable decision in terms of drafting a player, trying to look through all the numbers and save metrics, how do you justify passing up on him so i'm guessing what i'm saying here as i'm going through this thought in my head is you'd be a fool because he's the obvious number one pick here the only reason why you skip on him is not because of what i would say are bad tool traits it's not like he lacks in one area or you know what he does this but uh, look out it's that it's more or less, it seems that you're just not comfortable with the whole fact that maybe he could be a little injury prone. And to me, that's not good enough reason to not draft who should be, without a doubt, the number one pick. And he has a plus-plus fastball. That is ridiculous. He is – the scouting grades all either average or above average everywhere else. His fastball obviously gets the highest grade. But this kid could also hit – he could run for average. He has a little pop in his bat. He could. He was going to be a top five or ten pick. We'll say top ten. We'll be for certain with this one. He could not be a pitcher. He'd still be a top ten pick. Unbelievable. He is a fantastic baseball player, two-way player. He's more more valuable as a pitcher. And the southpaw out of Louisville that you – I have a big feeling – you're maybe going to say he should get the nod at number one. You know me so well. He, he's more of an offensive guy, I feel. At least the early scouting grades on him show that you'll probably get more bang for your buck as an offensive guy. First base is the position in which they have him at over being on the mound, although everybody loves himself a pitcher. But... The makeup of Hunter Green, to me, if you're going to pass on that, and I'm not saying that option 1B is that much worse, but you know, I respect the hell out of what your option 1B is, but I don't see how you can pass on Hunter Green. Also, if the pitching thing doesn't work out, remember Mackay, first baseman, left-handed pitcher, Green, if the, if, the, if the pitching thing doesn't all work out, shortstop and a good one, good hitter. Great tool makeup. I can't see why the Twins would pass that up. Well, I'm going to tell you why they're going to pass it up. 
So I get what you're saying. Or why they should. I think I think they're going to pass on him, and I think it's the right move. So let me start by saying that I think they will go Brendan McKay out of Louisville, and I think that's the right the right move. First, let me talk about Green. I get it. The guy at first glance is an unbelievable talent, and he really is. You know, he's 17 years old who could throw 100 miles per hour. How could you not look at that and say, "Wow"? This is the next big star. It's easy to say that. But, of course, you already said this. I do worry about injuries. But you have to worry about injuries with everyone. So that's not my number one reason. But with someone like him, who throws how he does, he throws very hard. He doesn't have the best control yet. That will come with time. You hope uh, a fastball pitcher like him, it's not guaranteed. But I worry about him blowing his arm out. I really do. I just, you know, and not only that, my second reason is, again, this is pish posh because it's probably not going to happen but you have to consider he is committed to go play at ucla now of course everyone's assuming he's not going to pass up what is it i think it's not going to pass no it's going to be like five million dollars about roughly and you know not only the money there sam it's also you have a chance to go number one even if you go to ucla what are you going to do, up your stock? If anything, you're just going to hurt your stock at UCLA. So whether he goes one or two or three, which he won't, there's no way he goes to UCLA. All I have to tell you is Mark Appel. Remember Mark Appel. He raised his stock. He was a first-round draft pick, top-ten pick. And guess what? He opted out, and then he ended up being the number-one pick still. So Or not still, um, in the future. So it works out for some guys. And Hunter Green, who knows? You know he has he's a 17-year-old kid, so of course I'm sure he's got his parents giving him advice, and his parents might want him to go to college. So who knows? We'll see. But I do think about that, too. You can't just throw that away. He committed to UCLA for a reason. So you can't just throw that away because, boy, would that suck if you took him number one overall, and then he just sat there and said, keep your money, I'm going to play at college. Again, I don't think that's going to be the case, but you have to at least think about it. So now... There's my issues with Hunter Green, and of course, if, you, if I want to dig even deeper into it, I think eventually, I don't know how much control he's going to end up gaining. I mean, we've seen it in the past, fastball pitchers, very difficult for them to have control, and if they have it early on, that's usually your telltale signs that, yeah, he, he's going to be a good pitcher. And you know who does that? Brendan McKay. If you Green. Wa- what? Yeah, Green. Yeah, Hunter Green. He has good control. So what are you trying to say here? His control is not great. No way. His control is not where it needs to be. He's 17, oh. so you can't expect it to be there, but it's it's not there. But let me tell you who does have major control. Brendan McKay. Hardly walks batters. What? That's the reports on Hunter Green. No. Go watch the tape. Go watch the tape. I watched right. I watched some film on him. Yes. I'll look it up right now, this via MLB.com, and I quote, always around the strike zone and rarely walks batters. Especially impressive, given how hard he throws. Okay, touche, touche. Look, I'm not saying he's not a talent, and he's, of course he's a, a top two draft pick no matter what. I win. But no, you didn't even let me get into Brendan McKay yet. Let me talk about my guy. Now, they're both two-way players, too, which is interesting. You mentioned, oh, you could throw him at shortstop. Uh, and, you know, Hunter Green's a pitcher, no doubt. You know, he, there's no question that he's he's a pitcher. There's not, no, not a chance that someone's going to try him in the field. Now, Brendan McKay, he's the question mark on where do you put him. But that's a good problem. You're looking at a good problem here. You're looking at the best two-way player in, 
and you know, and maybe one of the best ever in college history. Dave Winfield is the, you know the guy that comes to mind. Where you you remember him being the, think, the two way guy, and he's as highly regarded as he is. I think that what you are leaving out here, something rather important, is the fact that Hunter Green, as a high school player, do you worry about maybe? Pitching against or hitting with, if the pitching doesn't work out, a wooden bat. You haven't brought that up Of course. Up yet. No. Maybe you... You're right. You're, you're right. You know, that is something that slipped my mind. You're right on that, too. So that's just another issue to think about. Oh, you mean, you mean to tell me that wasn't part of the, the bullet point you had in your critique? It was not part of my bullet point, but guess what? It is now. Okay. okay. <laughs> Anyways, right. so let me really quick. I know we're kind of we're pushing time here. So Brennan McKay, hard to say where he's going to go. But um, like I said, good problem to have. First baseman, also a left-handed pitcher. You know, it's just too tempting to not take him as a pitcher it, because of how mature he is on the mound. He's got good stuff all around. He's got a plus fastball, gets in about you know 94, 95 range. Um, it has said that he loses ticks as the time as the game goes on, but if they decide to make him a pitcher, that's something he can work on and eventually gain. But just he's very advanced on the mound with his control, the three pitches that he throws, and he could strike guys out. So I really like him on the mound, but I, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, you might have to keep him at first base, especially think about the Twins. Think about what they need. They need everything. But I like the idea of Brendan McKay learning under Joe Maurer. I love that idea of being a first baseman under Joe Maurer, who knows how much longer he's going to play. He's essentially the replacement for Joe Maurer at first base because, you know, Maurer can't, cannot catch anymore. He's way too old for that these days. But he's considered arguably the best hitter in this draft too. So you have to go with what he's best at. And although it's very, very close, and of course I do think, if I had to predict, I think he's going to end up being a pitcher – but I really think they have to consider him being being a first baseman and being, you know, batting third in the lineup. I think that might matter more to the Twins in the future. So that's why I think they should go Brendan McKay. He's a good problem to have. And you know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm all about taking risks, Dan. You know that. But Brendan McKay is the safer pick. Uh, you know, Sam, I stopped listening to you about ten minutes ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was, no, you're wrong. You're absolutely. The, the, how is he the safe? I, don't, I just. He's the I safer pick. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kidding. I did listen to everything you had to say, but I don't. I, I don't see it, Sam. I, the only thing that's scaring you is that the kid lights up the radar gun. If Green was throwing 93 to 95, I think you're a little less scared. No, I know you're right. No, I'll totally admit that. Of course, it's just we've seen it so many times. The most recent example is Steven Strasburg. Look at. Look Do at you Strasburg. Want me to throw another quote in your direction. I'll throw another quote in your direction. Look, I understand what the scouts are saying, but they're saying all this stuff because of highly touted he is, and I'm not disagreeing with that. He's an unbelievable talent that could become uh, a future All Star, future Hall of Famer. You know, he the the door is wide open for his career. Let me just let me just say this. All right, go he ahead. Also, he also throws the heat. Let me paraphrase here. He throws the heat, the big cheese, with little effort. Not little effort, but not little. It doesn't. He's not like winding all the way back and just firing away with everything he has to make sure he gets 97-101. That's just what he has. 
he, you know, it almost looks effortlessly in a sense. And you that's know, what got, that's what he's got. That's what he's packing, baby. You know what my response to is to that? Let's see if you remember this one. Tyler Kolick, second overall draft pick to the Miami Marlins. All he cared about was throwing heat. He threw 102, 103, I think he might have gotten it up to. You know, he was a high school arm. And guess what? So far, he's already gotten injured. His fastball's already losing a tick. And guess what? He did workouts. I watched a whole stupid, like, 15, 20-minute documentary on this kid. He used to do specific workouts for his right arm so he could throw harder. And guess what? They said the same thing. He throws it with such ease because of how much he's prepared for it. And it still hasn't worked out. Does he still have time to? Sure. Kolek's got time. But so far, he's not looking like the second overall draft pick he was. Wow. Well, there's a name that brings back good memories. Stephen Kolek, his brother. I call him a former teammate of mine if I was a broadcaster. Well, I broadcasted uh, for his brother, Matsu Miners, over there in Alaska. I mentioned a couple times last summer. Stephen Kolek, great guy. Tyler Kolek, wish him some luck. But you know what? I, I get what you're saying with the whole effortlessly stuff, but Sometimes maybe they're wrong, sometimes they're not. I, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one, Sam. I'm sorry. That's fair we'll enough. See who the winner is. Time will tell, right? Well, you know what Minnesota should do is, being in the digital age we're in now, the whole technological age, they should go on Facebook and they should say, looking for recommendations on who to draft this year in the MLB draft. Okay, okay. They, they could be looking for recommendations. Could be. <laughs> should we give them some recommendations? There you go. Did, 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 a, did the joke finally set in? I, I, yeah, I, it did. Sorry, I'm not going to lie. I missed the first half of it because you're on Skype, so I lost you for a second, and oh, you came back. So, yeah, that one kind of fell fell flat. So you're blaming my technology joke on technology. I sure am. How co- was it? Ironic? Coincidence? Whatever. Uh, it's a little ironic, and uh, I guess a little bit of both. Who knows? Uh, what we do know is it's time to wrap this one up. Oh, man, it is. Well, I'll tell you what. Hold on really quick. Uh, Before we'll do that, why don't we end this the same way we ended the last one? No. Yes. So last time we, you know, we previewed the draft, said who are the Twins going to take. Now, all I want to know, Dan, is give me one name from this draft that's going to be a first-round draft pick that is the most MLB ready. Of course, we know that doesn't mean he's the number number one overall draft pick. It just means he is ready to play ball right now. Eee, man, you are putting me on the spot, aren't you? Yup. Ooh, man. Uh, Jaron Kendall out of Vanderbilt, outfielder. I'm surprised. I thought you were going to go the other Vanderbilt guy, Kyle Wright. I'm just not comfortable going with a pitcher. Fair. That's fair. Okay. All right, well, we'll leave it at that for you. We could dig in deep next episode. I'm going to go Jake Berger, Missouri State power hitter. Great last name. It is that's part of the reason I did it. <laughs> I love How me some you burgers. A good burger. You can't. You really can't. I had. You know what I had yesterday? Speaking of burgers, I had a Mac Daddy. You want to know what was on that burger? What was on it? First off, it was huge. Second off, it had bacon. Was it erect? It. <laughs> no <laughs> burgers don't. Anyway, <laughs> it was. It had bacon and it had a uh, little fried mac and cheese. Squares oh. or whatever you want to call it. What are those things called? What do you mean? What are they called? Fried mac and cheese. Yeah, there was like, oh, they called them something else. I don't remember what the restaurant called them. But yeah, little fried mac and cheese on there. There was some sauce on there. I don't mac remember what the sauce was. Bites, but I, bites, I, What? Bites, McBites? Mac bites? Yeah, they, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Mac bites. You're right. 
That's what they're called. So that was delicious. Also, Jake Berger is a big guy, and he plays for the Bears. So it says Bears across the numbers, across the chest, and he's a big boy. And he's, his last name is Berger. Yeah, he sure is. He's a Missouri Valley guy, too. Played my ISU. Gotta love it. Yeah, you gotta love it indeed. So we did. Ah, oh, it's too bad we have to cut this short. We didn't get to talk about all the exciting what's happening now news, but we'll get to it next time. The yes. Ian Haps and the Bradley Zimmers, all the call-ups. A lot of call-ups recently. This is that time of the year where we're starting to see the top names starting to get their get their chance. Yes, I agree. I, agree. <laughs> I totally agree with you. All right, all right. I think it's time to wrap this thing up. Wrap up that erect, juicy burger. Oh, oh my God. All right, I will. He's Dan Collins. I'm Sam Ostrowski. This is the Diamond the Rough Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Diamond Podcast. Send us an email like Mr. Lopez did at Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Diamond the Rough Podcast. Thanks for listening. As always, episode 16 in the books. Episode 17 coming at you with more MLB draft news. And who's hot? Who's not? And whatever the hell else we could think of. Maybe some more burger stuff and, I don't know, whatever else. Dan, what's your Twitter? You're at TweetDanCollins, right? Yes. At TweetDanCollins. Make sure to follow his ass. And I'm at OstrowskiSam. Once again, thanks for listening. We will see you episode 17.